I am an artist living in beautiful Vermont, USA, and I have a lot of questions. So I engage the minds of the people that I meet, poets, writers, artists. I explore what's inside and share it with you. My name is Ricky McEachran, and I am eager to know. Hey everyone, welcome to Eager to Know, and I am excited to have a music person here, Holly Brewer. Hi. Holly, welcome to Eager to Know. Yeah, thank you. And I know that we had a conversation before we started about what I was going to call you, and I was going to call you a singer-songwriter. You weren't really that comfortable with that, um, so we settled on music person. Yeah, singer-songwriter is more like, I don't, I, I think, I just think of more uh, di a different person than I am. I picture someone with a guitar. Okay. And that is, that's, I do do that. I do have guitars, but I'm more, yeah, just music-y, very okay. music-y. So I want to hear about your relationship with music. I think you had said it's like part of you. It's, you expressed it as not even like a thing. It's yeah. almost like air or blood and it's part of you. Yeah. When did that, when did that relationship happen? Has it always been like that? Yeah, my mom said that I first started singing when I was three. Okay. So the first song, I, well, it was more of a cover song, but I loved Chariots of Fire. And... Yeah. And I wrote words to it when I was before first grade. Fantastic. And I used to just wander around the house singing it. Right. And that's <laughs> interesting that you would write words to it. Yeah, because it was an empty space for me to fill. Yeah. I didn't even know music was a thing back then. I didn't know there was a separate word for the air that has notes in it. I was thinking that people, like I would look inside the car speaker for the band. Like I just didn't. We weren't a music-y household. We didn't have radios playing and um, just TV at all. Um, you saw a movie, Chariots of Fire, I assume you just heard the song. It was on the radio. Evangelist was just playing on the radio. Right. And then I, it was like a grocery store experience or something. And I just, words just came right to me. And I remembered the words. But I didn't even still know the name of the song yet. Do you know, that's so, so fascinating to me. The words were so dark. It was about going away into a forest and getting covered in the moon and no one being able to find you so that you could be there free. Do you, that's <laughs> fantastic. Do you think that it was the, the way that the music sounded invoked those particular thoughts and feelings in you? For sure. Okay, so it wasn't like you had those feelings. And well, I had those feelings. But, but you had a lot of feelings. And the music, there was something about that music made you feel in a certain way. Yeah, like it, it was just like, uh, I do that easy. If I hear a, um, a wordless piece, I instantly see a movie and my words will describe the movie that I'm seeing. And yeah. that's how I write music. When I, when I hear a thing, it's more like I see a movie and then I describe what I'm hearing in the movie with colors or words. Okay. And that's, that's how I write every song I write. So let's talk about your, uh, I have tons of questions about that process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, uh, you create a lot of music. If you go to hollybrewer.org, mm. is that accurate? Yeah. Lots of music. I think you're producing a song a month. month. Okay. Yeah. So, and you've been doing this for years. Yeah. And then you were part of other, um, 
like groups, other you know bands. Yeah. That, I don't know if that's the right word to yeah, use. Projects with lots of different people. Yeah. Or like voiceovery things, or some of it's paid stuff um, that I don't love, and but mostly it's all stuff I love. Now, when you're writing a song, uh, a song a month. Yes. Um, I write more than that. Okay, so you're just writing, 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 and it sounds like it's some of them have lyrics, some of them don't. Yes. Are they usually driven by lyrics, or but well, you the process you just described is you uh, maybe playing with an instrument, getting a sound. It, it, my thea movie in my head see. of scene like it could be like two people in wool sweaters hanging out with goats with an alpine background and it's misty and so this vision yeah. com just comes to they you they just come and then you will i what does the wind sound like how's the rock smell okay. through music now, do you um, now your music uh, going through all your, your music? It has very it's very varied and <laughs> sonically very d differently tempo everything. Yeah. How do you? Um, I mean, this is a big question to ask, but I mean, when you have that vision that you just described, yeah. do you have an idea of how you would want to express that sonically? That's what I have to do. I have to break down the scene and figure out like what the earth smells like or what the wind smells like or looks like or uh, I just have to try to paint with sound as best I can and no one else would ever know what the movie was if I didn't say it I'm sure you know but I don't really tell people what the movies are for each one I do sometimes like in my little stories on the monthly subscribey thing mm -hmm. but for the most part nobody really knows the stories and if I had more time, I would make little stop animations for each one so that it could be as accurate as possible. So is it always? Is there always like a, a movie? Always a movie. There's always a movie. Interesting. Yeah. And sometimes they're long, like long clips that would take like six or seven days to show. And I have to squeeze it in with song. Now, I think you had said that you were not formally trained in music is that accurate so like music. not even kind of trained. oh okay so i know that I, I mentioned to you that i just started taking piano lessons congratulations and thank you and um one of the things that's most exciting about it is the music theory ah. because it's almost like i have like a math and science background good so it's kind of like using it, the order in logic Ah. music I did not expect that at all uh -huh. and how you use these different like chord progressions that create you know bring the listener on an arc ah. how do you are you aware of this I know it because I pl I hire people who understand it okay so are you working with producers no nope. okay so when you are because when I'm listening to your music yeah I'm hearing like chord progressions they exist and, and so that's something that you have it just was in there it's already there I don't know okay it's like um so um I always the people who I when I when I have to do a far away thing or a bigger show or a live thing, um, I will have regular acoustic musicians play on things. People who spend hours and hours and hours memorizing scales and all that stuff, like school brains, you know. Um, and uh, my computer will spit out tablature that I'm playing so that someone who reads music can read their part. Okay, so you are... I don't know the notes. So you're like composing on Logic or something like that? Um, Ableton, but before that I used Acid. So. Is that the same type of thing? Yeah, they're all... Um, they're all... It's like a visual four-track, but instead of a four-track, it's an infinite track. 
So the Tascam Porta 7 kind of like things that I used to do, that was what I used to use. And you'd really settle on something and bounce down those tracks and it's what it's going to be. <laughs> but okay. this one is, everything's infinite. Right. You can... And it, But it outputs actual... You know the music that someone else can read. And That's not the program I use for that. No, I use a, I use two different programs to spit out the tab of what I'm reading. And what's cool is, I I pay for samples of real instruments, right? So it's a French horn. So they'll have somebody do like legato, staccato notes of each one. Back in the long time ago's, we had Casio only, where the only middle note would be the real sample, and then it would augment that one note in the best it could to show other sounds mm -hmm. of it. Now we have each, 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 each. You can change the breath by like wiggling a knob. Like mm -hmm. it's ugh, so much yummier. And if you have like a French horn sample, for instance, it won't play outside of its range. Mm -hmm. So you, no matter what the tab you're giving to someone who's a real French horn player, you, will know that everything's achievable. Yeah, yeah. I love French horns. Yeah. I use them a lot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Love French. So, are you sometimes working with live musicians then, or, I, not, or not anymore? You have in I my know. life. What I like doing is having no song, and then four days later having a complete mastered product. And I can only do that alone, in my room, just like with just your brain. You don't want other anybody else. I don't want else. other brains. I love working with other people because they come up with stuff I never would. Yeah. It's not as much with the schooled people because it's harder for them to make up stuff sometimes. Okay. But like, um, but like with uh, people, I don't know. Rock people call it jamming. Yeah. So like, um, I love especially bass players. Me and bass players are like, oof. bass players and drummers. I I love the things they come up with, like. So when I, I've worked on a projects with drummers and the drumming things they come up with are great. My drumming things I come up with are more like caveman drums. Mm -hmm. Like I really like lower body, simple, mm -hmm. thick, you know, but they'll come up with these like kind of upper mid body. Tick, 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 tick. Love that stuff. Nice. But my drums, I just play by hand. Okay. Mm. Now when you are, how are you feeling? You feeling okay? I'm good. I'm just boring. No, you're not. Okay. I think this is fantastic. Okay, okay. I think this is this is awesome. Okay. Um, so when you are putting your music out in the world, yeah. are you do you have an intention or are you just like it's out there? Are you wanting to? Are you thinking about peop, changing people's um, thinking? Are you wanting people to experience something, or are you just trying to express what's in Holly's head and that's it and that's enough? I think it's like, you know how like, I guess, I don't know. I guess it would be like why a movie maker makes a movie or a poetry person writes a poetry or a painting person writes a painting. It might always be different. I write a lot of social political songs when I use lyrics. Um, be, and I'm not very flowery. I'm pretty literal, kind of like old punk rock style. But would you say People that you're venting or are you thinking about... It all depends. You, okay, so potentially you could be wanting to... You're thinking about the, the person who is consuming your product. Mm -mm. No, not at all. No. Not at all. No. No, that would that would make me do things different, I think. Okay, okay. I think when a time I, 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 I don't... Oh, I think about who might hear it. I think about... 
I like knowing that my songs are off playing with other people. So when people write to me and they say, I was listening to something, doing this thing, I feel like it's the only insight to have my kid is away at college and I don't know what they're up to. And the song is kind of a way, once it's gone, it's gone. So when people write to me and tell me about an experience that they were having with one of the songs, it's sort of like, oh, good, they're okay, they're yeah. safe, yeah, yeah. they're out there having fun. Wonderful. Do you ever see your songs in a new way because of people's feedback? Like, it, either mm -hmm. the way people interpret it in a different way, or they it mm -hmm. moved them in a way that you hadn't intended or wouldn't expect? Like, Well, check it out. I think that it's all them. That's all them. It's all that person's thing. So like, I feel like, you know, we project, like, you know what I mean? Depending on what we're going through, that's why I'm always like, oh, I hope people don't listen to my song during a breakup, because then they're, they're not gonna wanna hear it again, because it's gonna be that song that was happening when they were breaking up. Right, right. I technically know that there's always bad things that are negative and terrible, and I want to create opposite of that to try to sort of balance out the pendulum as much as I can. So with my music, I always, it, they're all love songs in that way. Okay. They're songs that uh, will come to me as soothers. When I'm stressed out about a thing, a movie will come to me that technically is a self-soother. Like, it's like this, but it's a movie. And then the sounds that describe it are also inherently soothing to me. Okay. But I like really loud music sometimes, and, and not everyone might find it soothing. Right. Okay. I like it. Okay, so would you say that you are inspired <laughs> when you're in the in a darkest place then? No. No, no. no um, because that's where you're, you're able my, to pull up the soothing stuff? I'm just so consistently stressed out. Okay. It's just kind of my brain. It's how I am. Yeah. And it's not a bad stress. It's just busy-minded. And I, you know, I'm so exhausting me, to me, be inside. You just have an active brain. Uh-huh. I can totally relate. Yeah. It's exhausting. It is, for others especially. Like, I get less exhausted by it. That's exhausting. Yeah. And I, so what quiets your active brain or does it? Is there any any activity uh, or, di or directs it? I know what you mean. Um, I know a lot of people who do that we'll call quote-unquote meditation um, and whatever that means for them. The only time I've ever felt the type of silence that people who do meditation describe is when I'm competitively swimming or actively singing. Actively singing. While I'm currently singing, it, and then it goes away again when I stop. Hey, wonderful, that's fantastic. Yeah, I have no idea what's happening. I'm gone. That's great. It's great. That's great that you know you have that. <laughs> but you're just used to having the active brain. Yes, yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind it, but it's a lot. Like I wake up like this, I don't have a groggy face, I don't drink but caffeine. It, and just this way I think I did a whole episode on my podcast about having an active brain because you know I'm just constantly thinking and projecting and I've been this way ever since I was a little kid so you one of the things that actually believe it or not one of the things that um, prevents it or, or pulls it in uh, is talking to people yeah yeah having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with people yeah, yeah. Um, for, for whatever reason I'm able to focus on that other person totally. and it it um, quiets everything down, which yeah. is very odd. So if you get me at a cocktail party, I can be like very, it, well, very intense. Yeah. Like I find someone and I'm like asking them a bunch of questions. That's how I am. And they probably feel like they're they're being interviewed. Um, but having an active brain um, <laughs> can be obviously 
have a lot of negatives because who know you know because I don't always have control over what comes out of my mouth and so sometimes just stuff comes out and uh it's all day yeah <laughs> but I was telling you before some other day that I get a rush from being embarrassed I know so I wish I did well it's definitely a rush of something mm. like it's a and it washes over you in a way grief does where you don't really have any control over it okay. and then it fades away with time like all feelings I guess right I guess just in you know being embarrassed is like just oh why did I say that? It's the worst. It does not give me a rush. It makes me. I get a rush, yeah. for sure. It might not be a. Does good your one. face get red? I don't. I can't see. Right. You have to tell me next time I say something with my All mouth. Right. Well, cool. Well, what else? What is there anything that you want? To, well, I want everyone who's um, listening to this to go to hollybrewer.org and listen to your music. Um, it's it's really wonderful. It's what? It's, it's all different. It's super, super different. It's not one style. Yeah, yeah. I, re I really, really like it. Yeah. Is there anything that you want, would want people to know about your, your music? Um, and if not, that's cool. I think we did a lot. Just I think just like listening to it. Yeah, it's just all different stuff. It's all different stuff. They're all little different movies and yeah, and I'll, I'm if I stop making it, it means I'm dead. So that's I'm just gonna do music always. Well, I think that um, <laughs> so looking and listening to everything that you had, it made me feel very um, think how lucky you are. Oh, that you have that because yeah. there's so many people that wish that they could. Um, do the work and spend the time and, or have the uh, fearlessness mm -hmm. that you would have to have mm -hmm. to express themselves in, in the way that you are able to do. In addition to that, <laughs> the fact that we live in such modern times that you can actually put it online mm -hmm. and anyone can listen to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. how lucky are you to, like to have that? That's incredible. I like that. No $50 handshakes to get it on the radio. Or, or if you know, if we were talking about in the 1700s, mm. you would have to have a. You'd have to see me play loot. You would live. have to have <laughs> a musicians to play with, and you know, have the time to learn how to yeah. play. You know, I would have been at a campfire, like a peasant campfire. I'm very bardic that way. I don't yeah. think I would have been in a hall with fancy corset people. Do you? This is interesting. Do you think? <laughs> do you believe in like past lives and all I, that? I believe people believe in it. Do you, okay, so you don't think that you are, are, have a past life? Oh, no. Because right. I think I might have been, I'm not sure if I do. Yeah. I think I might have been a piano player uh -huh. in a like saloon. Nice. I think it was a place that was like a brothel. Okay. And I think that I was sort of friendly with the prostitutes. Why not? And I think. They're friendly people. I think it was something <laughs> like that. I love that for you. I think, yeah. Did you have like the banker sleeve thing, like the strap? Can you see that deep? Uh, no, I can't see that the... deep, but I can see the saloon, and it's not nice. It's no. not pretty, and but I felt very comfortable there. And uh, that's awesome. So when you're doing piano now, are you up to scale to practicing work, like yeah. the note in a chord scale? Um, so we do. Uh, my piano teacher, I had her on here. She's awesome. Oh, cool. And she's great because we do, you know, repertoire. So we're just doing regular music. Like she gives me songs, um, some Cover of it is, songs. some of it is classical songs. Yeah. Some of it is we've done some rock and roll. We've done we haven't done jazz, 
But then a big part of our practice is the fundamentals where it scales. Um, mm -hmm. So the different scales and the different keys, mm. we have the different chords. You already know more than me. We do different chord progressions, um, which is super interesting. <laughs> yeah. And then arpeggios, is that what it's called? Where I know that that is a word associated with music. It's the one, three, five, one. Um, I think it just means sort of bouncing one at a time around. Okay. I don't know though. Okay. Arpeggiation. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, that's it. maybe. But so I do. I'm doing. I'm learning all of that. It's not at one thing. It's rather than rang. Okay. So the the thing specifically that she has me do is within a chord, yeah. like a um, within um, a key. You have like the the one, the, t the one three and the five. Okay. Um, no one else. Note. So like a, a C a C major mm. is your one three five thing. So the arpeggio would be one three five, and then you go up an octave to one. And they skip the others? Yeah, you just skip the others. Okay. So it's one, three, five, one, five, three, one, three, five, one. Do, re, five, do three. Well, it would be do. Re, mi. It would, it's, it's broad. We're going up a full octave with four notes. Do. So I don't know what the do, re, mi. Uh, I saw the sound of music and I loved it. So, but I just, I just saw it. And, uh, it's awesome. It's the second disc is better. The second tape or whatever. Once they're, once Rolf, she finds out Rolf is a Nazi and and it heats up and they run away from the theater. That's it's when I like it. When the nuns. Like, the opposite. I like. I don't like the beginning. Yeah. See, I liked it when I remember being a kid. Like the action. I remember. I'm like, this is dark. I remember thinking that. I was like, mad at Rolf. I felt bad for Liesel. When he blew that whistle. Well, when he said, "Yeah, it's a Nazi." Ew. Yeah. Right. No, I, I just saw it um, probably two weeks ago. It's awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. My husband uh, just saw it. Um, it won Best Picture. It should have won all the pictures. It yeah. was awesome. Yeah, it was very good. And I read, I also read um, Julie Andrews' biography, Aww. which is why I watched the movie, because I was reading her biography. Yeah. And um, when she filmed that movie, yeah. she had no movies out. She had only filmed two other movies, and neither one of them had come out yet. It was before Mary Poppins? Yeah, Mary Poppins had been filmed, but it hadn't been released. Oh, wow. So um, I think when they were doing publicity, yeah. promoting Sound of Music was when Mary Poppins came out. Oh, so when she was so filming that whole thing, she was kind of a nobody, and Christopher Plummer was like this established actor. He's so great. Yummy. He was very good. I think we have the same birthday. He's yeah. adorable. I love him in that. Yeah, he was fantastic. Lisa was the most boring. I just like her, Maria. Yeah. Christopher Plummer was in one of my favorite movies of all time, which is Dolores Claiborne. Oh, that's right. He was in that. That was dark. That's way darker than that's Sound of Music. Very dark. Such a great movie. Well, Holly... Um, this was great. Yeah. So I hope you feel good. Were you nervous? Or I you... more than usual. All right. So you did You did wonderful. Thanks. And it was great getting to know you better. And uh, everyone, please, um, hollybrewer.org. Listen to the music, download, and... Yeah, it's all free. I have it all. It's a, My music's always free or donation. Like, I don't charge anything for it because the monthly subscribe people keep it going. They're the subscribees. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, good. All right, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. My name is Ricky McGuckrin, and you have been listening to Eager to Know, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, 
rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Eager to Know podcast.